I am very excited to be with my good friend Jeff Clapper. Jeff is a CEO and president at Ethan Walton. Uh, it was founded in 2006. Jeff is a long time ago, um, but it's an Arkansas-based Walmart supplier development company that helps thousands of organizations in their efforts to do business better with the world's largest retailer. And I love this quote, Jeff. We believe in helping suppliers become better partners to Walmart. We educate, help people advance their careers, suppliers perform their best, and Walmart reduce their costs. We deliver premium classes, rich media, and expert services. I want to welcome my good friend, Jeff Clapper, to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much. So I'm not sure when you wrote that up, but I'm sure <laughs> like most of us, we write up our LinkedIn profiles and we save them and we never go back and really look at them. But as I read through that, it felt as relevant today as it did probably five years ago when you wrote it up. So Tell us a little bit about Ethan Walton and, and their mission and vision for uh, helping people work more effectively with Walmart. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, the the, the mission is, uh, it continues to be relevant. Walmart, I, I say often to their credit, is a dynamic company that continues to uh, evolve and improve and just push to, to grow. And along with that, uh, expectations of suppliers continue to evolve and grow and change. And so the relevance remains in terms of uh, being uh, informed and educated and up to the latest knowledge to be successful and a, and a great collaborative partner with Walmart. So, you know, the relevance, uh, we're fortunate that that, that that keeps the relevance there for everything we do. As you said, in terms of providing education, we do that in an online classroom setting. Uh, people from a bunch of different companies might get together for a topic like uh, RFID or uh, maybe retailing uh, insights or supply chain across a, a variety of topics. We teach those classes. We also do that in a dedicated session. So maybe a team of three, four, five people from one company would get together and it would be them and one of our teachers or experts in that session for several hours or a day or two. Um, so that's kind of the teaching part. Uh, and, and again, when there are teams ready to do the work and they just need to get the latest, uh, most relevant and helpful information with Walmart, that works really well. And then the other end of the spectrum and kind of uh, just in the last five or so years, what we've also recognized is uh, some teams, some businesses strategically are in a place today where they they might uh, they might have uh, a VP of sales who manages all retail accounts, maybe even the president of the company who manages all their retail business and, of course, wears many other hats. If it's the president, they're doing financing and sourcing and staffing and all aspects of running the business. If it's a head of sales, they're managing a bunch of, a bunch of retail accounts, but maybe they don't have the breadth and depth of Walmart experience. Um, and they're, they're, you know, strategically, it makes sense to say, Hey, can we get, can we get some extra support in here? And so our team is either ready to teach your team today or do some of that work alongside behind the scenes for that, that sales lead until you get to a point where you say, we're going to go build out a sales analyst and a supply chain analyst, maybe accounting and e-commerce and all that other support. And then when your business is get, you know, gets to the point where you say, Hey, we're ready to do this ourselves we flip into being teachers and educators again. So really uh, we want to support whatever solution makes the most sense. Um, and, and throughout all of that, of course, Walmart gets the benefit of having well-informed people on the supplier side, taking, you know, taking care of the business. Well, that's outstanding. And you guys have been around for 2006 was when you first formed, which I think is pretty interesting. It's been around for a long time and, uh, a lot of people have discussed and said, you know, that's really Walmart's job to train them, but you're actually training people that are actually working with Walmart. And frankly, you're getting a lot of Walmart folks who are recommending people come to Ethan Walton because of the subject matter expertise that you guys provide. 
That's yeah, that's exactly right. And and uh, you know, Walmart provides a lot of really good content to help suppliers, and uh, and we direct suppliers to that. You know, hey, there there are good opportunities to learn some of this from Walmart. Um, sometimes you know, a couple of the factors just quickly that come into play there. One is um, if I hand you the phone book and I say like the answer you need is in here and you don't know how to use the phone book, like it could take you a long time to get the answers you need. And so we want to try to boil that down into something that's really immediately helpful and useful to the supplier. So that's one piece. And then the other piece is we we play a really important sort of middle ground here where a lot of suppliers are reluctant to say, hey, there's some stuff we really don't know about working with Walmart. And they're not going to necessarily feel comfortable going to their buyer and saying, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and, and so there's kind of in the back of everyone's mind, there's this fear of like, hey, we want to keep a little bit of separation in terms of where we need help, where we need knowledge and education. Let's not get that directly from Walmart because we want to be able to have a candid dialogue about where we where we have opportunity to improve. And so we can play a really good middle ground there. And then we also bring that feedback to Walmart to say, hey, you know, here are areas where where, where suppliers, uh, you know, may have opportunity to improve. And, and it creates, a, you know, again, kind of a, an important middle space there that we get to support. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, as you, as you know, we're doing this as part of the uh, the University of Arkansas Supply Chain Management Research Center, uh, SCMRC. And, and one of the things that we're trying to do is focus on retail and on-shelf availability. So before we get into the actual uh, on-shelf availability opportunity, just a personal question for you from a from a personal perspective uh, have you had a situation in the last call six months or so where you ordered something online and went to pick it up and the item wasn't there and and as a customer how did that make you feel if that's a example that you could share with us sure sure absolutely i mean I, I think uh, maybe the the somewhat obvious answer is that can be frustrating when that that happens i um I actually most recently we were I mentioned to you a little while ago we were our family was traveling a little bit and we got back we had to restock on some things and uh and we were out of peanut butter at the house and then there Oh were, no there, that's a horrible thing to be I on. know I know <laughs> and uh and in fact I went to to do our Walmart pickup and the brand that my kids like was not available um and uh and so the the option that was available that seemed like hey this will be a close match Here's where my, you know, my answer might differ from some people. I, I love to try new things. And so I'm like, hey, this is exciting. This is an opportunity to try something new. And, uh, and you know, and I think that's the, the supplier opportunity uh, is like, hey, if you're not in stock, consumers are going to try other brands and you may end up losing share because of that. Um, at the same, and especially if it's someone who's enthusiastic to try new things, like, hey, maybe I, maybe I discover something I like better. Um, uh, you know, at the same time, my kids, of course, I've, I've tried putting this peanut butter on one sandwich and they said, I don't like that. So now I have, you know, 98% of a jar of peanut butter. That's not going to go anywhere. So, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, hopefully that answers your question. That's, that's a great example. So you weren't disappointed, but your kids were. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, it's interesting that, uh, you know, one of the things that you guys had, had done for years and years and years was retail link training and then item file training, et cetera. And I, and I don't know the answer to this, but my suspicion would be you started to get a lot of interest 
when Walmart decided that suppliers had to be held accountable for delivering things on time and in full and other compliance charges from Walmart. I don't think Walmart necessarily wants to make a lot of money on that, but they got to have the products to actually deliver to the shelf. So you created a whole focus on on time and in full and other changes. What does that look like and how do you how effective you think it is helping the suppliers get through that? Yeah, it, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It was about five years ago now. It's just, just amazing to, to recognize On Time In Full has been out there. And, and we were fortunate to bring uh, bring team members in at that point who uh, were really uh, instrumental in the development of that program and others, uh, you know, related to supply chain and merchandise operations. So we really got to, to uh, build all that at a critical juncture and how Walmart was addressing uh, their priorities with suppliers. And for the first several years, uh, buyers really did consistently say, "Hey, you know, if you're if your on time and full score is below a certain threshold, that that really uh, will determine where we can go in these conversations around more stores, more SKUs." Um, and so it, it really kind of became uh, for for the work we were doing in education and some of the the guidance and service that we were providing to suppliers. It's, it, it became an operations conversation. I think on time and full as a program was really effective. Most of the people we hear from in our, especially, well, for, for many years, they were in a sales role on a supplier team. And they might have heard prior to OTIF, they might have heard from Walmart, hey, please fill orders. And they would say, okay, I, I want to, but it's a little bit outside of my purview in the company. Well, when OTIF came out and we saw this with our education uh, program, those salespeople said, now I have uh, now I have a stick to take back. And I'm get, I've got the, the CFO asking me about these fines. I've got the COO on the line. Like Basically, that cross-functional team came together to address what was going on with Walmart uh, as a result of OTIF. And so, um, and that that really changed the dynamics of who we were working with, how we were working with them in a favorable way, because then our uh, the work we do really starts with, um, are we filling orders, shipping them on time, kind of just operational excellence with the suppliers. That's good for them. It's good for Walmart. Um, and then we move into insights and, and analysis that can build the business beyond that. But uh, it's it's really worked well. That's awesome. A great story. Great story, too. And clearly, this is work that you're never done because you're always onboarding the new supplier, onboarding the new people to the new supplier. The industry turns pretty often in terms sure. of, hey, you finally got it right. Now we're going to promote you and do you this. And I got a brand sure. new person to bring into space. I, th I think the challenge that I have is it seems like, and this this may be a little bit controversial, it seems like when OTIF kinds of fines come in place, things like shipping on time and in full become much more relevant to the suppliers. Um, because it is sort of the the carrot or and the stick piece, and this happens to be the stick. Either do it right mm -hmm. or we're going to fine you for it. Mm -hmm. There's another big opportunity that we are we've been talking about for the last six months, which is okay, great. I'm shipping everything that you want in full when you want it, but at the end of the day, my stuff is not on the shelf. Right. And if it's not on the shelf, two things happen. Number one, Jeff's kids get disappointed because their favorite peanut butter is not there, and they get to hear about it. Secondly, the reality is the sales of that product 
are lagging what they could be, and therefore we start, start having conversations with merchants that says, you know, we're thinking about discontinuing your item because it's not selling very well. That's not the time to go, well, it's not on the shelf. Hang on. You can't blame me for that. That's, you know, whatever. So, so my question becomes, on-shelf availability has become a pivot to some suppliers, probably mm-hmm. the bigger suppliers and more strategic suppliers. How do you get everybody to care about not only what did I deliver to Walmart, but how do you actually make sure your stuff shows it on the shelf and what the supplier role is in that? That's a big loaded question, but to me, yeah. it's a big opportunity and we we may have an opportunity to help figure out working with suppliers. How does Ethan Walton play a role in helping facilitate getting their product actually on the shelf? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you kind of touched on a couple of really good points. Uh, well, many good points. One of the things that I've seen over uh, many years now uh, building the business here is there are initiatives that are out of Walmart uh, or conver- you know strategic initiatives with Walmart that are highly relevant initially to people inside Walmart. Uh, then it rolls out to sort of top tier suppliers, as you mentioned, and they have the strategic, uh, they have the bandwidth and the resource to really uh, collaborate with Walmart on addressing those opportunities. And, and, and there's a lag between point, you know, the first point I mentioned and then those large suppliers getting engaged and then even more lag before that becomes something that small and medium suppliers can support and engage in a meaningful and helpful way. And so, you know, I think that OSA conversation is probably in the earlier stages today where the, the largest and best resourced suppliers are, are probably the ones who are addressing that or thinking about it. But it's a, a tremendous opportunity actually for the small supplier who could have, you know, for the big supplier who has a reason to be uh, off shelf, they, they've had a glitch in their production or their supply chain. A small supplier has a really significant opportunity to jump in there if they can if they can figure out how do I make sure that my product is not the one being uh, missed on the mod. Um, and so, you know, then it does become and and you kind of touched on this too. I, I think it becomes a, a tricky conversation, it, 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 a nuanced conversation in terms of working with Walmart to say. Uh, you know, hey, we've we've done everything in our power. That's what our t- our business is always talking about. Let's address the things we have control over and not stress over the things we can't control. Mm-hmm. So, from any supplier's perspective, it's like, did we ship everything? Did we ship it when we were supposed to? Do we know it? You know, did we check all the boxes that are in our power? Now, what else? And and so, you know, trying to expand the scope of what's in their power, um, I think that's what makes this a uh, a complicated conversation or problem to solve. Um, but the, the 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 prize will be big for the suppliers that can help figure out the solution to it. Got it. So so we've done some initial discussions on on shelf availability with Ethan Walton. We haven't really s- substantially built anything yet, but we've had a couple of podcasts to talk about what the opportunity is out there. Mm-hmm. Have you heard back from any suppliers about how they react to that, or is that just quote not on their radar at this point in time? You know, to, to be honest, it's, it's not that it's not on their radar. I think the feedback I've gotten and we've gotten is uh, it's on our radar. Um, I'm trying to think of the, 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 the best way to say this. It's on our radar, but we, for various reasons, it's not, it's not our priority right now. Got it. Um, and, and I think some of that just comes to uh, engagement with their merchant team and where that focus lies um, and where... You know, I mean, again, it's it's kind of a tricky conversation because it's it's like, hey, hey, man, we've done everything we can. Ball's in your court. What can we do mm-hmm. together? And mm-hmm. and everybody's got different priorities. Everybody's got different sort of metrics and and objectives. Um, and so to engage in that collaborative 
uh, conversation, I think it, it's going to require everyone sort of getting lined up around the importance of it. And I, it's not to say that people don't see the importance of it. It's just, we're not all lined up on now. This is what we're going to go after. Yeah. Would be interesting. We, uh, it'd be interesting because I think the last piece on the vent, we call it the vendor scorecard or the supplier scorecard, there's sales, there's profitability, there's ROI, there's inventory turns, and there's a bunch of logistics things. One of them, I think the last one in the supply chain is on time and in full. Did you ship it to me when I expected? And then it stops. Mm -hmm. It would be interesting for me as if you had the courage to be able to say, courage is probably a bad word. If you had the capability, to be able to say, what is my on-shelf availability and well, how are we both working towards that to do that? Because I think mm -hmm. suppliers do have tools at their disposal. They have algorithms, mm -hmm. they have audit capability, mm -hmm. they potentially have third-party resources like our Acostas or Andersons or et cetera that can go in and do work on behalf of the supplier where it makes sense. But you can't do that unless you can measure what is our OSA goal and how are we tracking towards that? So it, it, it is going to continue to grow and evolve. I know folks at Walmart are very interested in it. I, I do believe it's more of a Walmart strategy rather than a supplier strategy. But some of the big suppliers are saying, look, I'm doing everything I can from a notice standpoint and my stuff's not on the shelf. My business is hurting just like your peanut butter example. I just got switched to another brand because your stuff wasn't there. How do I help to invest in and in, in, in make sure that that's in fact happening? Sure, sure. So. Yeah, and you, you know, again, you and I were talking earlier, uh, sort of add to that complication, um, just the, you know, the term you use, the bullwhip coming out of the pandemic where there's this glut of inventory potentially clogging back rooms and whatever else. I mean, uh, so someone who, who has made, let's say that there was a, a situation with the peanut butter, we'll stick with that. Mm -hmm. And they've said, Hey, we've pushed everything through. It's, it's sitting somewhere in your supply chain. How do I help get it through now? How do I get it out to the floor? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think, uh, getting OTIF was really good for creating transparency and clarity. And that really led to action. You know, you're a PNG, former PNG guy, like what gets measured gets improved um, attitude and, and, and approach to the business. And, and I think the same thing here, like you were just saying, if, if we can get clarity around what is OSA uh, and can we all start to work on it, that would be a really good start. Yeah. So you've been around since 2006, really helping guide supplier activity and frankly, Walmart activity to education, et cetera. Uh, so, so you look into your crystal ball, what's the future of retail look like in your mind, specifically in Northwest Arkansas with the suppliers at Walmart that are working up against this business? Um, yeah, terrific, <laughs> terrific question. I, you, you know, I think, uh, suppliers are, uh, trying to, of course, continue to make the most of their business with Walmart. Uh, Walmart has continued to, as I said earlier, uh, raise expectations, you know, be innovative and dynamic, uh, trying to, to build the business for everyone. Um, I think right now, uh, there, there's a bit of an inflection around how buyers are looking at the business, who the buyer, you know, how Walmart is, is staffing those merchant roles. Um, and, you know, I think in the near term, it's frankly, the perspective I'm, I'm getting from all the suppliers we talk with is, uh, the relationships have become a little bit more transactional and a little bit less relational, mm -hmm. um, as you might see with other large retailers that Walmart, you know, studies a lot. Um, 
and it's not to say that's good or bad. I think that's just the perspective we're getting is uh, it's a it's it's more of a, um, you know, we'll talk when we need to talk, but otherwise do what you got to do and I'll do what I've got to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and that may not be a long term situation either. I don't know. Um, but I, I think from the supplier's perspective, again, going back to what's in our control, it becomes a lot more about, well, what, you know, let's play, let's play the hand we've got here. What What can we do with these cards and let's make the most of that. Um, so I, I think that's, that's kind of how I, I see that right now. Awesome. Yeah. So here, here's a, here's a question for you. What should have I asked you that I didn't? What's on your mind? What's going through your mind right now? Say, I wish this would have been a topic on the podcast, but he didn't ask it. So this is your opportunity to kind of take us wherever you think is, uh, what, where your, your mind's going. Oh man. I, I enjoy our conversations, so that could go anywhere. It doesn't even have to be about the business. Um, <laughs> like, I want to see more pictures from your last trip. But, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, I think uh, what's going on with the business right now, I think it's going to, as we've touched on a couple of times here, um, it's going to be a lot about uh, what can suppliers do to have a positive impact on the business and the relationship with Walmart. Um you know, again, there's sort of this inflection point of uh, what are Walmart's objectives? How can we best support them? Uh, a sense of, you know, the profitability of the business with Walmart. That might be a topic we didn't talk a lot about, but you did touch on compliance and fines and programs that it's it's understandable. We, we You know, a lot of the feedback we get from suppliers is Walmart is, is just adding cost all over our business. And what happened to a simple EDLC, EDLP model? Um, it's easy to understand how they would look at that as money grab. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm just recognizing that is, a, is an understandable perspective for suppliers to be adopting. And so again, um, you know, I think the, the profitability of the business um, and the relational, the, the opportunities there are for suppliers to improve the profitability with Walmart. That's a focus right now. And where can we build relationships so that we can come up with outcomes that are good for everybody? Um, I think that's the, those are probably the two big areas people are focused on, focusing on in a, in a broad sense, uh, obviously a lot more specific and detail to that, but in a broad sense, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think of it in fairness, it's, it's tough on Walmart as well. I mean, Walmart, when you think about running a store, Oh yeah. Had labor is their number one challenge. Well, it's really yeah. hard to get people to work in a Walmart store or any store for that environment. You see that yeah. happen all the time. And I used to pay people to unload trucks and put stuff on the shelf and then take the customer's money at point of sale. Well, I have this whole nother third bucket of cost now, which is pulling stuff off the shelf, putting it into a customer's basket driving it to the customer's home, stocking it into the refrigerator, or using drones to fly things. I mean, all kinds of that last that last mile delivery focus is huge at Walmart. That's a cost they didn't have five years ago. Okay? Absolutely. And so they've got to figure out a way, uh, and I've heard Doug say this before, you know, we've got to think of other outside the ways to, to be able to compensate for that. Some as well, we'll have to accept, you know, cost uh, increases or profit sure. reductions because we have to absorb some of that. We're always going to ask the suppliers to figure out how to drive costs out of the supply chain and give us back some of that. Uh, the other part is we got to come up with new business models and certainly yeah. things like Luminate and things like that are out there as opportunities where they can sell data that they would not have sold before. So I think everybody's trying to come up with a creative way saying there's this whole new bucket of work to get the product actually to somebody's house 
that somebody has to figure out how we're going to go collaborate for and pay for. And I think that will always be, I mean, since I've been working with Walmart since 1989, that buyer and seller confriction around costs and how do we, how do we figure out how to, who's going to make money on this thing will be and always be part of the front and center, but what the buyers and merchandisers do with the suppliers. Yeah, you, so much good stuff that you just said there. You know, I mean, I, you're you're really recognizing such a massive shift in how retail works operationally in those stores, and like you said, the tremendous change in in cost and investment to support that. So, how does that P and L change for everyone involved in that ecosystem? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and kind of from an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial perspective, I think about the the line, pioneering is expensive. Mm. Right. You know, I mean, pioneering in any sense. Right. And so when when you're pioneering something which is still is really relatively new, all of the people, the, the entire way that uh, online shopping and, and pickup uh, online, you know, online pickup and everything else works, it's expensive to figure that out. And we're not really through all the learning that can happen to make that a much more efficient model. And right. so just to get through that is a is a big process. Throw in supply, you know, global supply chain, pandemic, all the other, you know, inflation, all these other macro factors that just complicates the learning that has to happen to make the pioneering go away and become a more efficient way to operate. Um, So I think that's a a terrific point. And then the additional revenue source idea. I mean, yeah, Walmart has all these great assets beyond the, beyond the business that we think of. And we know today, I think the, the, the real opportunity there will be, you know, many months ago now when they announced the partnership or the, the the collaborative opportunity with Home Depot, how do we open up a revenue stream with someone who isn't already in a financial relationship with us? Mm-hmm. When we talk about opening a financial relationship with a supplier to say, we're going to charge you for things that we were already doing, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of just shifting dollars from one pocket to the other in some ways in my mind. But how can we find new sources from new outside parties. I think that's really exciting. Leverage the asset base that you have to open up new revenue streams outside where we have financial relationships already. That's the way to make the whole pie grow. 100%. Love that idea too. Love that idea. And we'll close with this. I think the one thing that popped into my mind when you were talking through that is it goes back to one of the quotes that Sam Walton said. And and I won't, I won't quote, quote it exactly the way he did, but he says, the customer has the power to hire us or fire us every single day yep. because they get to spend their money wherever they want to. So they can spend it somewhere else and they basically fired us. And I, I comment on that because in the environment, if I go back all the way to your peanut butter, you're yep. standing at the shelf and let's just say it's Jif peanut butter is not there. You have the power to whip out your phone and go ahead and buy buy Jif peanut butter on Amazon and have it delivered the next two days. Absolutely. And you had the choice because the customer has the ultimate power. In that case, your priority was, I want that product. I'm not willing to substitute for whatever this other option is because I don't want to hear it from my kids again. And, and right. you have that capability. Well, guess what? All customers do. So I think it's ironic how much Walmart Wi-Fi is being used to order stuff on other competitors' activity. (laughs) But the bottom line is we want what we want, and we will look at other alternatives uh, if it's not there. So I believe OSA will be a continued focus area, uh, not only for Walmart, but other retailers as well. And the ability to be able to use this, what I call BOPUS, the buy online, pick up, and store kind of capability, Mm -hmm. 
In order to be able to do that, you have to have a very high degree of accuracy of what you have and where it's located. So, Jeff, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you one thing. We, 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 have, we are not lacking of things to continue to explore yeah. working with suppliers in Walmart in Northwest Arkansas. So I want to thank you for your time. Appreciate it as always. Um, and uh, I continue to look forward to work with Ethan and Walton as they, they help both suppliers and Walmart win yeah. in the future. Well, we're grateful to be working with you too, Mike. Thanks for your time. All right. Take care. All right.